And it's pretty cool to say that, you know, my by buying this or this service or whatever, you also get Bitcoin. I mean, it's, it's pretty Who doesn't cool. like that? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's true. It is. It's like a pretty good deal. A year from now, we hope to be live in a number of these, you know, much larger retailers with, uh, you know, non, non-Bitcoin folks getting converted to Bitcoin in a very, very easy fashion. That, that would be the that would be the goal. Yes, because you, you wanna you wanna get the masses off zero. Correct. Correct. Critical, right? Critical. Mm-hmm. People talk exactly. You nailed it. I mean, people people talk about Bitcoin as a life raft, and I think that is unfortunately an increasingly accurate way to view this thing. Introducing Jolt, Bitcoin rewards as a service for brands of all sizes. Tired of the same old loyalty programs that fail to deliver value and flexibility? Look no further. Jolt has the ultimate solution to transform loyalty for the digital age. With Bitcoin adoption surpassing that of the internet at a comparable point in its growth, early moving brands can gain a significant advantage by offering their customers the opportunity to earn Bitcoin rewards. That's where Jolt comes in. Jolt is a suite of reward products empowering businesses to seamlessly integrate Bitcoin rewards into any environment, be it an e-commerce store, mobile app, web interface or existing loyalty platform. Jolt handles it all for you. With Jolt, your brand can tap into the endless possibilities of Bitcoin rewards to attract, retain and engage the digital generation like never before. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the podcast series Heartbeat. I am your host, Eleonora. I am a radio presenter in Cyprus, I'm a performer, I'm a singer, amongst other uh, artistic things, and I am currently learning about Bitcoin, I'm learning in public, as you may have noticed, this podcast aims to showcase the finest examples of uh, Bitcoiners from all around the world, and today joining us is Stephen Dodge and Ian Major, co-founders of Jolt Rewards. Jolt Rewards is uh, um, also our first um, uh, sponsor, actually, uh, and we want to thank you guys uh, for that. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Ian. Uh, how are you guys? Doing great. Thanks for having us. I'm going to try yeah, to get that cat up and excited in the background. I'm getting jolted about Jolt Rewards. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I see what you did there. So, uh, oh, I got some movement. So, uh, welcome to Heartbeat. Can you? I'm gonna get right to it, but I, I first I wanna I wanna ask a little bit about your background. I don't know who wants to uh, start first. Like, how did you get uh, into Bitcoin, Ian or Stephen? Yeah, I'm happy to kick things off. So I, I worked as a consultant for a number of years. You know, we had a kind of software as a service um, platform, worked with very large companies, uh, and we were acquired, funny enough, by MasterCard, you know, the traditional payments giant. Um, and so that gave me for, for better and, and uh, more so for worse, uh, a glimpse into the traditional payments world and 
um, you know, frankly, how sort of inefficient it is in, in many ways. But what it also gave me a glimpse into is we did a lot of work in our kind of analytics around loyalty and marketing. And so all these big companies have spent all this money over the last, you know, decade plus trying to kind of, you know, digitally transform their loyalty programs. They've invested in things like personalization engines, contextualization engines, all of which is intended to make loyalty smarter, right? How do I get the right offer to the right individual at the right time in the right context? And despite all of this, it's just you time and time again see brands not really getting the benefit they think they're getting from their loyalty programs. And when you dig deeper, you find that consumers are saying the same things that they've been saying for long, long time now. You know, they're frustrated by the lack of flexibility. They're frustrated by the lack of value. You know, all these little closed silos that they have their little, you know, loyalty points in, they can't do very much. And so we'll come back to that as as a theme for what we're doing with Chult's Rewards. But that really was part of the impetus for thinking about the intersection of Bitcoin uh, and loyalty. Um, and, and, you know, personally, and I'll let Stephen add on to this, I think we had a pretty similar uh, story into Bitcoin. Steve and I go way back. We're, you know, childhood friends and haven't gotten sick of each other yet. Uh, but, you know, go back to the 2017 cycle. I think that was the first time we had really kind of gotten into the space. But at the time, you know, we had a diversified portfolio of crypto assets and we had all these things, right? And so it really wasn't until after that that we kind of did the did the work, did the homework, went down the Bitcoin rabbit hole and realized how special and unique uh, Bitcoin is. And And so when we get questions from folks about, well, you know, are you going to introduce other assets, other loyalty assets? It's like, no, you know, we want to put the thing into the hands of people that we think is most, you know, financially empowering for them. And that is unquestionably Bitcoin. What's um, Stephen's uh, experience so far with Bitcoin and how did you get into it? And then slowly we'll talk about uh, Jolt's rewards specifically as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I come from a um, systems engineer background. Um, I graduated uh, in IT, ended up going down the kind of virtualization and um, networking path from routing. I thought it was always very interesting to see things from a, a very high level of how all these systems work together. Um, and so, yeah, I ended up uh, ended up working out of my hometown, um, ended up uh, working at Dell, kind of in the belly of the beast, as it were, as Ian was, you know, with, with MasterCard, I was working in the heart of um, the data centers for some of the largest financial institutions um, like Bank of America, JP Morgan, Citigroup, um, and just kind of seeing their overall, you know, day-to-day activities um, across the U.S. and, and international to some degree. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, what caught my eye in terms of, you know, Bitcoin was, again, probably didn't appreciate it back, you know, when we first saw it, we threw some money at it back in 2017. And, and I did hear about it in some of my um, college courses and, you know, early on, just because like decentralized computing does come up. Um, and I thought, you know, oh, this is, this is interesting and appealing, but, you know, didn't, didn't appreciate it, wish I had. Um, but yeah, ultimately it's like 2017, I think is when we really started, you know, looking at it a bit more seriously. Um, and then um, I had also done some startups um, uh, in before this as well, um, and had been working more on uh, how do you improve, you know, customer retention and kind of real-time uh, data insight into customers for for brick and mortar. Um, and maybe take one more step back, but I did work at Nordstrom um, as well through throughout college, and I saw, you know, how a company can truly excel and deliver a very, very, very good 
uh, loyalty experience when it's not even technically tied to like their loyalty program. Um, you have people that shop at Nordstrom that just consider themselves, you know, family and they don't even have to be a part of the loyalty, uh, you know, reward program that Nordstrom even has. Um, so I think that experience, you know, helped me shape, uh, shape a lot of what we're trying to do here and providing the best, uh, customer experience for, for our users as they, um, ultimately end up hopefully getting Bitcoin in their hand. Um, but yeah, uh, head product, um, up at Jolts. Um, kind of seeing the over, you know, overview of day-to-day activities for um, the product as we build it. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to tell you a little bit more about how we're building Jolts and hopefully changing the world. So whose idea was it exactly? Or was it kind of like you were talking about it and then this idea grew gradually um, from both of you? Yeah, I think we'd say it was a, it was a 50-50. It was a joint... Uh, idea and we and we certainly iterated a number of times before landing on loyalty like i think we first became very enamored with this idea of how can you get bitcoin into the hands of people for doing something they're anyways already doing right yeah. uh you know whether it's making a transaction and getting a loyalty reward or early on we were even thinking of how can we help people similar to like a brave browser type setup where uh, you know, you're you're earning you're earning something for, you know, selectively making your data available to advertisers or whatever the case may be. So I mean, you know, we started in a very very different idea, kind of iterated on that uh, with with the community, and ultimately landed on you know on loyalty as this aha because, and this sort of gets into, um, you know, this idea of of why rewards are so compelling as a vector for mainstream adoption. You know, they have a number of <clears throat> really attractive traits. One is rewards are fairly ubiquitous. I mean, there's hundreds of billions of dollars of value sloshing around the global loyalty economy. You know, this is the value of all the points and rewards, the airline miles, the hotel points, the retailers, all of that value is a very, very large uh, sort of economic high. And so they're fairly ubiquitous. They're also reasonably low stakes or low barrier to entry, right? Like not everyone in the world is going to go and get a fold card. Uh, we love we love fold. We love things like, you know, the Bitcoin company. And there's certainly others that are doing Bitcoin rewards. But it is simply not the case that, you know, everyone in the world is not going to kind of get into one of those systems. And so what you need to do instead is bring Bitcoin rewards to all these other different environments where loyalty is already happening. And then finally, there's this important element of, from a consumer behavior standpoint, where people are actually earning these rewards. And that's an important distinction versus simply gifting, right? I'm, many of us on this call and many listening probably have experience with like gifting friends or family members some Bitcoin. Um, and that's great and that's important but what we've seen, at least personally, is that there's not always the same level of kind of ownership that results from that, right? If I'm just being gifted some Bitcoin, I probably don't care about it that much. Um, yeah. But if I've earned it, technically, I've done something. Yeah. And that kicks off this beautiful, virtuous cycle of, wow, now all of a sudden I have this, this thing. I want to learn more about it, right? And the more I learn about it, the more I want to accumulate. And the more I accumulate, the more I want to learn about it. And so it's this kind of virtuous cycle that maybe you can, you know, attest to, uh, Eleonora, in your in your journey. Um, for sure, I, I think this is. I think right now is a good time to 
for you guys to explain to us uh, what exactly is Joel's rewards and how how do how does somebody like a consumer benefit from it? Yeah, um, so really Jolts was just a suite of Bitcoin rewards capabilities for merchants. Um, we have kind of two strategic pillars we deliver this through. Um, so you could think of, you know, an e-commerce store. Uh, merchant signs up or installs our app. You know, they have a Shopify app marketplace, or if you're familiar with like WooCommerce, there's another app marketplace. You can do custom integrations and, and other things of that nature. But they would go in, find Jolts, install it in their app, you know, in, within their admin dashboard, and then they would have these kind of three core capabilities where they can go in and basically craft a reward. So, you know, think of something that a business typically does, which is like discounts. You go straight to a website. It's like, hey, put in, you know, an email, get 10, 20% off right off the bat. Um, we approach it as like, okay, let's try to save you a little bit of margin and offer this new option to your consumers instead of just giving 10% off right out of the gate to your customer, why don't you offer 5% back in Bitcoin and, you know, save, save 5%, um, but also just see, you know, what the opt-in rate is um, and see if it, you know, there's other things you can measure too, but like see how that is like a, a base point of how that can, you know, impact your bottom line as a business. Um, and then we have a bunch of kind of, I'll say filters or kind of qualifiers, if you will, of what could, um, uh, what a consumer would need to do to earn certain amounts of Bitcoin. Um, so we can get pretty granular um, within the app where you could be like, okay, um, you know, I want them to spend 50 bucks and they get 10% back. But if they spend 100 bucks, they get 15% back. Um, or you could do like a fixed amount. You know, I spend 100 bucks. Um, this is like a tier one award. I get 10,000 sats. It's just a fixed amount. If I spend 200 bucks, I get 50,000 sats. Um, you can do like per, per product, um, Wait, per product skew. So we. I'm, I'm really sorry to interrupt but because yeah. it's, it's a lot of information and I'm just trying to understand, like uh, very to be very clear on it. So basically, so what so what businesses because you talked about the benefits that a merchant might have. Yep. Uh, but for me as a consumer, first of all, where where do I go? Like what what shops do I go to? Um, yep. In order to and, and and is it something is it is the Joel's Rewards program something that I have to download beforehand? Is it something that I will just automatically be presented of that when I go to make a purchase? Like how? Because um, I think we dug deep a little bit, but um, yeah. I think let's take things uh, from the beginning or um, yeah. maybe from the consumer's point of view first. Yeah, so the consumer front of it, you basically do nothing different. You just go on the on the site. So really, what we were trying to get to there was just like the merchant can configure like a wide array of what you know rewards that they're kind of already used to, but they would just be like Bitcoin back. So when you go on, for example, one of our partners is Bitcoin trading cards, just simple trading cards, um, but Bitcoin focused. You go on the site. There's a little banner that says, "Hey, you can earn five percent back on any purchase." You check out, shop just as normal, and then the second you're done paying, you don't have to pay in Bitcoin. You can pay in fiat. Again, if they offer, you know, Bitcoin payment, you can obviously pay in Bitcoin. But um, once you're done checking out and the order or the transaction is confirmed, we calculate what that 5% back would be. And you just get a little pop-up modal and it says, hey, would you like to claim your 5% back in Bitcoin? You say yes. If you do, you get an email that says, hey, here's your reward. That basically authenticates you. It says, okay, the email that you used to submit this purchase is now the one that's tied to your Bitcoin reward. Um, and then you have the option to either just keep it in your quote-unquote account, if you want to call it that, 
Um, or you can withdraw it to a lightning wallet if you're, you know, savvy enough to have that already. But, um, yeah, you don't have to change any behavior. Just shop as normal. And the, opt and into the it. And the prices of the products are, are exactly the same. It doesn't matter that I'm yep. going to get the reward in the end. Is Correct. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. No app required, no installations, just shop as normal. And then you basically are just opting into the reward that would be, you know, instead of points, it's sats. It's sats. And I suppose for people like me, for example, that are new in Bitcoin, um, they would be like, oh, okay, so I've got sats. What is that? How can I use it? Um, but um, how easy do you think? I have so many questions, but uh, how how easy do you think? to get somebody who is not um, involved in Bitcoin to actually explore this newly uh, earned uh, stats, um, you know, and figure out what they, what they do and what they can do with it. Yeah. I think, I think so too, as you are, uh, what did you say? Learning, learning in public. I think we very much are as well, right? There's, I mean, and that's like, that's like the big nut to crack here is how do we make Bitcoin rewards mainstream? How do we cross that chasm, which I, I really don't think, you know, has has been done. And so we're trying to kind of pave our way towards that. With that being said, even in some of our existing customers already, many of whom are concentrated within the sort of Bitcoin world, you still even then have quite a large spectrum. You have some folks that are very, very familiar already with Bitcoin. But you have some folks who are maybe very new to it, and this is kind of their first uh, exposure. And we've gotten a lot of really good feedback that says, hey, wow, like this was a, a really easy process. You know, it was tied to the same email that I anyways have to put into my like to make the purchase on the merchant's website. Um, and so people value that, you know, I don't have to have a pre-existing wallet of any kind, although we ultimately want to encourage people, you know, in that direction. So I think thus far we've gotten good feedback from those that are newer to the space. And, you know, we've got like a little guide that is linked in the email that you receive following a purchase that says, hey, here's the step-by-step -step guide. Hey, are you new to Bitcoin? Here's what a Satoshi is. Hey, are you new to the Lightning Network, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and there's certainly other projects that are doing like onboarding, let's just say. So, hey, you want to gift someone sats for the first time. Here's kind of a nice workflow that, you know, walks them through that process. And, oh, by the way, you, you hit on something which is important. What can I do with these sats once I receive them, right? Um, well, you know, you can go to Bitrefill and, you know, buy a, buy a gift card of anything. You know, you could go. So incorporating all of that into this onboarding, I think, is really important. And so far we're getting, you know, good, good feedback. Um, but what we want to keep doing is go further and further from the kind of like community center where we naturally, you know, have have started. Um, so, it, you know, stay stay tuned uh, and, and, and we shall see. Uh, what what shops do you have on board or what brands do you have on board at the moment? Because I think that's also another good point. Um, you know, obviously. Uh, you're at the start of it. You want to, you know, expand and go mainstream and all that. But I, I think, I've, if I'm not mistaken, it's only like Bitcoin brands at the moment, which makes it difficult for people like me to get involved, for example, because I wouldn't right. really go, uh, you know, explore Bitcoin shops or yep. something like right. that. 
suppose the aim, which is what you're ultimately uh, saying, is that uh, you want to uh, maybe expand to other brands as well, like more mainstream ones. Yes, so we have some some exciting developments. Uh, we can't we can't share all the details just yet, um, but you're absolutely right. Where we've really started, you know, as a strategic decision, is being close to home in the Bitcoin world. Get the you know get the brand awareness, get some revenue in the door, all that good you know all those good things for the business. Uh, but I'm pleased to say we are now in discussions with some large uh, kind of retail conglomerates in Latin America. Interestingly enough. And these are entity, these are, you know, big entities think, you know, big thousand plus store grocery chains or, um, you know, telecom providers or, uh, re, you know, retailers, right? So very kind of mainstream businesses that have really no affiliation whatsoever with Bitcoin. And what's fascinating is that these entities are, have, have already started on their journey of either beginning to or are working towards integrating Bitcoin Lightning payments, right? So, you know, for those listening that maybe are a little bit newer, Lightning, of course, sits on top of Bitcoin and makes Bitcoin payments instant. And so for the merchant, there's a lot of great properties. You know, you get uh, to avoid the 3 to 4% card processing fees that you typically have to pay. That's a huge deal. You get instant settlement, no cashbacks. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um and what goes, what pairs perfectly well with Lightning payments, Lightning rewards, which is what Jolts is doing. Mm-hmm. And so as you see the adoption of Bitcoin Lightning payments, that's sort of the, you know, we, we're able to kind of ride in that wake and add on rewards as this sort of value added service. Um, so that's a very, very exciting development. Again, that's going to unfold over you know, the, the, the coming months. But um, I think we're just now starting to see what that picture looks like in terms of at least where this starts. And and interestingly, you're going to see it start in these geographies that are more along the curve of thinking of Bitcoin as a medium of exchange, right? It's not just something that I kind of bottle in my, you know, cold storage or my cold card or my foundation passport and you know never sees the light of day like that's important for your long-term savings but in these geographies where bitcoin is already beginning to be used as a medium of exchange that's where we're seeing uh interest in incorporating these rewards so that's something that's that's really exciting hot off the press um that you know we'll, we'll i'm sure have some updates on as we as we go forward I was just going to say from the merchant perspective that you asked, like, who do we have? Like, even though these are more Bitcoin or, you know, even some to a degree, like more just crypto related in the space, um, you know, we do see that, you know, even if there's like an apparel company, for example, um, you know, the rewards perform pretty well. But even as we push this out into, you know, non-Bitcoin apparel companies, um, you know, the behaviors are kind of generally the same. So it's at least allowing us to learn of, you know, what are the pricing strategies? What is the merchant thinking of? How do they think about rewards as compared to like, you know, BTC trading cards or um, just going to start name dropping the ones we're working with, like Shamari, um, you know, with the, the kids game and education. Um, we work with Mr. Satoshi, which is great. Um, but you just kind of see like what rewards mean to different types of, you know, brands or merchants um, in different segments. So uh, even though they are Bitcoin focused to start, um, and again, just to name a few of our 
our early um, customers, it's uh, you know it's it's good that that helps us approach you know these other um, brands that are not you know 100% in Bitcoin or know about the space um, and the kind of delivery method in which we'll get to them. Um, is through the likes of like the Shopify's and the WooCommerce through the App Store. They can find this, you know, easy one-click install app and start, you know, offering rewards. But um, we're hoping to have it in the in the uh, Shopify and WooCommerce um, App Store within, you know, the next month or so. If there's like an approval process, but that would be how it gets to the entities and merchants that are not just strictly Bitcoin. But yeah, one-to-one selling is is not easy. Much easier to have an app that people can publicly find. And, and also, it's, it's uh, always important to remember that when we say rewards, we actually mean Bitcoin. Like we, you can, they can mm-hmm. use people can use that to buy stuff. It's not points. It's not because you, you hear rewards, and um, you know sometimes you might associate that with um, points that lead nowhere, or you have to have like thousands of them in order to get like I don't know something a small amount. I think most people do, and they probably roll their eyes, which is like why we're hoping like Bitcoin kind of markets itself. They're like most people have heard of Bitcoin, and while as Ian said, most people maybe think in our geographical age, like you know number go up, which is fine, but like it markets itself, and people understand it, I think, or at least have heard of it. So like, oh, I can earn this instead of these useless points at this one brand that I might shop with again. Who knows? Or maybe I do shop a lot, but I'd much rather have you know an asset that could appreciate in value, or um, you know I can go and then spend elsewhere. And I, I remember in your website, I took a note of it. It says um, over, because I think this is very important for merchants, over 90% of Bitcoiners would switch brand loyalty to earn Bitcoin as a reward. So that's, that's really important. I think it's really important for the businesses to hear that. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on that? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a very like compelling story behind, you know, right? Like we go to merchants and we describe this emerging consumer segment. Number one, Bitcoin adoption is growing faster than that of the internet at a comparable point in the growth curve. So you have this extraordinary growth, right? Yes, you have some volatility when priced in fiat along the way, but, you know, you know, the, the meme zoom out, right? It's, it's pretty clear what's happening. This is a genie that does not go back in the bottle. This is an idea whose time has come. So you have this massive growth, right? And then you also have, and this is going to vary a little bit depending on the geography, depending on the merchant, but there's some really good research out there from companies like uh, Bact that have looked at, you know, kind of Bitcoin adopters and have found that on average, these folks, not surprisingly, tend to skew younger. However, despite their relative youth, they also tend to skew a little bit higher income. They tend to be pretty savvy consumers. So you have all these very attractive trades wrapped up in this very rapidly growing consumer segment. And then finally, as you pointed out, these are folks that tend to be highly motivated. And so that 90% statistic came from some of our own research where, you know, like people will meaningfully change behavior if it means the ability to earn Bitcoin rewards. And so for a merchant that's kind of dipping their toes in, right, because a lot of this is chicken and the egg. It's like, well, for lightning payments, like I don't want to accept Bitcoin as payment if no one's willing to pay, you know, Bitcoin. I don't know if I'm willing to give Bitcoin as a reward if none of my customers want it as a reward. So you do have to kind of like bootstrap this process, but that's a very 
simple way to kind of get in the door and say, look, you're attracting this new, rapidly growing, highly attractive consumer segment, and increasingly your existing base is going to catch on to this, and really all you're doing is giving them another option. You're adding utility to your loyalty program by giving more flexibility, more value, more optionality, and that's good for everyone. That's good for all your existing members and the members that you might attract simply by doing this. Yes, you you said um, I can't remember how you phrased, phrased it exactly, but um, what you just said now about loyalty—they're adding to their uh, already yes. the programs that they have already. Uh, and um, I want to go back to what Stephen was saying in the beginning, and I interrupted him. I'm sorry, Stephen, um, about the 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 merchant uh, side of the story. What? So so say I'm a merchant and you want to approach me. With uh, this idea, with this um, a service, Joel's rewards. What would you say to me in order to get me on board? Say, I don't know. I don't think it's difficult to um, pers um, uh, to you know get Bitcoin companies on board. But say I'm a mainstream company. What would you say to me to make me join? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we typically go right to those points or those, you know, points that we uh, kind of listed earlier. You know, you know, your loyalty program is probably, while you think somewhat successful, um, it's probably got some pain points and some issues. Um, and again, these, you know, consumer pain points are, you know, pretty repeated um, throughout, you know, the last several years. And so we go, hey, like, why not provide more optionality? Here is this data. We've proven it with, you know, these consumers that they will all in all, you know, switch allegiance to your brand if you were to offer this type of award. This is an attractive, growing consumer segment that you want to have on board. It's just going to get bigger. Um, and all in all, like too, there's like it's not too much risk. We, you know, we again, we always say that you know, for at least the e-commerce play, you know, you're not going to pay anything unless you've actually paid some reward out. So there's no upfront cost. You know, we're not going to charge you X amount per month. Oh, it's just yes. I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to ask about that. Who actually mm -hmm. pays for the rewards? Like, where do they come from? Is it? The yeah, so I mean. The merchant pays for it all in all, but they just pay us in fiat. Just like, again, that it's, you know, you can go in and kind of maybe set like a budget cap if you want. Um, but, you know, we would like alert you if it was going above, you know, $500 a month. Again, if it's going well, I don't know why you'd want to stop it. But um, that's kind of how we, you know, fig figured it out to do in the um, in the Shopify and kind of WooCommerce app. But, um, yeah, the idea is like you would, again, calculate that reward in real time at the time of purchase. So let's just say it's $5 worth of sats, you know, 5% back in Bitcoin on a hundred dollar purchase at that literally at that point in time we calculate the rewards, whatever, you know, five dollars of SATs is at that point in time is how much the consumer gets. And then in aggregate over thirty days, let's say you gave out five hundred, you know, five hundred in Bitcoin rewards, um, you would we would just then go back and invoice you for uh, the five hundred dollar rewards payouts and then a five percent fee on top of that. Um, our pricing for enterprise is a little different, but for the you know kind of base level uh, you know, payment option from a merchant's perspective. That's how it is. Okay. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's still a lot of information for me. So I, I'm, I'm taking, um, you know, I'm taking a little bit of my time too. Um, You're good. Yeah, um, I would say like maybe another way to frame it too is just like until the consumer actually withdraws their sats to their own wallet, if they wish to do that, they're really just kind of SQL sats. It's just like a database entry on the back where like this email address that bought, you know, from this vendor or this merchant has, you know, 
this amount of sats. And once you've, again, at that point in time when they're calculated, like that is the amount of sats you will have, you know, the dollar value of that might adjust as the, you know, pair, um, you know, fluctuate over time. But, you know, that's how much you would have kind of in your little jolts dashboard, if you will. And then the second you do withdraw it, those sats would then come out of our node. The jolts, we have several, you know, lightning nodes that have sats in it. Um, and it is pretty wild. Like you'll see like some brands, you know, we, we can see it. Um, people will buy. We'll see that, you know, the data will come in, you know, hit our endpoint. And within like 30 seconds, people are withdrawing their Bitcoin. Um, so we are, again, unique in that right as well as there's a lot of other companies like, again, Lolly, Fold, they're all great. Um, but we are the only people that allow you to like to instantly claim and own your your Bitcoin. There's no batching. There's no 30 day wait period, any of that. You just you just get your sats. But but you have to uh, I'm sorry if we've already covered this, but you have to um, download like once you have say you buy something from a shop and then you you see that you've earned this amount of sats um then you you can put that in your wallet. And if you them. choose, yep. If you choose, you don't have to. If not, it'll just your balance will keep accruing as you shop with more brands that use Jolts, kind of like Smile. If you've ever seen like Smile.io, um, you can just kind of think of us as like the Bitcoin version of that. But it's just a you know pretty common uh, referral uh, or rewards program, I'll say, in service for e-commerce. E but um, yeah, it's like if you don't if you don't like explicitly withdraw those Sats to your own wallet. It'll just stay and you can authenticate into the Jolt Reward dashboard and you'll just see your balance as you shop more and more. And we, we can see that, you know, some people don't want to withdraw. They just keep them in there. Um, now merchants can like decide if they want to kind of sunset those points. Um, we, we, you know, we let the merchant make that decision. We think if you've earned the, the sats, you should always get them. But yeah, those just kind of remain a kind of a row, you know, a, a query in the data table um, until you pull it out or an entry um, in the data table. Sorry. You said Joel's Rewards dashboard. Um, is that um, is that going to be at the? Um, I'm sorry, I'm not very tech savvy, but is it going to be like um, at um, you know at the address bar of the website, like of the website of the yeah. merchant? Is it going to be an app? I know there's an app coming too, right? So do you want to? Yeah, there's a probably two ways you can think of doing it. I'll try to make it like simple for the first one, but you can just think of it as like really, again, I'd love to maybe show like how smile does it. But like, yeah, one day you could imagine it kind of like this, kind of like how you see the chats at the bottom of like an e-commerce or a website, you go there and it's like, you know, do you want to chat with support? Um, we could very well see it being like, you know, click here to authenticate to your Jolts rewards, you know, balance. And, you know, you would just see that kind of across brands who have, have Jolts installed on their site. Um, but as of right now, yeah, it's just like you, get the email or you get the post check out, like you're done shopping, you get the pop-up and you say, I want to claim my rewards, get the email in your inbox. And then the second you click that, that's basically what's authenticated you. There's no passwords. There's no nothing. It's just like that link will take you to Jolt's rewards. Then you're kind of unique. You're unique. Yeah. Um, you just use your email to basically authenticate, you know, every time over and over. Um, and then that's where there's the rewards, you know, kind of sit. And so you take them out. Okay. Um so what steps have you taken to uh, market this um uh, idea the service you provide I know you've been to uh Bitcoin Bitcoin Miami conference if you want to uh, talk to us a little bit about your experience Yeah it was it was, great. A, it was a blast we had a great time down in Miami um we basically had two little mini reward stations 
So this was like literally a, you know, like a, a small stand with a little tablet that sat that on the, it. Is that the spin the wheel? That's the spin the wheel. And so this was, kind of, this was admittedly a little bit of a experimental in-person version uh, because, you know, our main products are, are all kind of geared towards online or e-commerce, et, et cetera. Um, but we were working with two of our partners, Bitcoin Trading Cards and then Panties for Bitcoin, both of whom had booths in the bizarre uh, area of the conference. And so, you know, we had these two little reward, um, you know, little reward spinners sitting next to those booths such that when someone made a purchase at the booth, they could then come and, you know, spin the wheel. And the wheel wasn't necessarily connected to the specific purchase amount. It was just kind of a, a random uh, amount of sats that they could earn. And then, boom, they get the QR code. They can scan it with their phone and get their uh, and get their reward. I saw so, somebody, I saw somebody uh, earned 10,000 sats. Uh, sorry, not 100,000. A couple 100, hundred thousand. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we had, I think, two people won the, the bit that was the biggest kind of slice on the or the biggest uh, reward on the wheel. Uh, so that was very exciting. And yeah, it was just very cool to see people. Um, and again, at the conference, I mean, there is a wide, wide range, you know, big spectrum of, again, people who are very, very, very familiar with the space, very, very familiar with Bitcoin and Lightning and all these different things, and others who are, hey, I just want to like learn about some of this stuff. And so those were our, the, 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 right, those were the perfect uh, the perfect sort of guinea pigs to, hey, you know, use this. What do you think? And so I think overwhelmingly we got, you know, really, really good feedback. It was good to see uh, how people, you know, engaged with it. Uh, we definitely learned things of how we can, you know, improve that for future conferences uh, and future kind of in-person events. But those will those will largely be a little bit more about kind of, you know, brand awareness, et cetera. Um, and so as Stephen somewhat alluded to earlier, I mean, number one, we really haven't done a whole lot of, of, of marketing yet, which is nice. Um, you know, we've been, um, you know, we've benefited from some of the word of mouth, some of the users like posting things on Twitter about their, uh, the, you know, the rewards they're getting by shopping at different partners, et cetera. And so now as, as part of, you know, this, this podcast and this partnership is really when we're starting to formalize a bit more uh, of a marketing push, you know, now that we've kind of got a, a, a pretty well-oiled, you know, um, uh, product. Uh, and now that we're trying to kind of expand to some of these other areas, you know, we're, we're getting the word out through things like this. Um, there's also a number of different kind of channels we'll be using to market towards kind of online, you know, e-commerce merchants um, through things, you know, you can like literally run Shopify store ads to promote or, you know, bid for keywords around loyalty or rewards so that if a merchant is looking for different reward solutions, you know, you can come up in one of the early kind of uh, search results. So lots of different things uh, like that that we have in the in in, in the queue. But um, but yeah, we're excited to kind of kick kick all of that off uh, with with today's discussion. Cool. So to some of that's on purpose, though, just to reiterate, like we, it's not like we didn't want to, but in order to make like the best be able to basically go back and look at the pilots we've run with these merchants. We don't want, you know, all this other noise coming in. So if we're making a bunch of announcements on, you know, Twitter and social and people are going and buying, you know, how are we able to, you know, go then say that Bitcoin rewards as an option versus a discount 
was really the cause of people going and, you know, the driver of people making these purchases and opting into Bitcoin rewards. So we do kind of fly under the radar on purpose um, as we roll these rewards programs out with, you know, these customers just so we can get a clear cut or as clear as possible. Like, okay, this is when we introduced the Bitcoin rewards. This is the impact it had on your business. Because, again, if it doesn't have a bottom line impact to the business, as many Bitcoin companies would probably be just fine running Bitcoin rewards always on no matter what. Um, you know, for other companies, we needed to be able to go back and be like, no, like when they introduced this and these types of, you know, reward offerings, however they configured them, it moved the bottom line, you know, X percentage, you know, on purchase per ticket, you know, whatever. Like customers came back more often, more frequently. They bought more items. Um, so there there was, you know, some planning behind that. But, yeah, we're we're full full tilt now into uh, yeah making this uh, a well-known thing. Do you know if there's any other loyalty programs like that for this market specifically? And if I mean, so, what makes you special? Yeah, well, I mean, there's, there's, yeah, no, there's, there's certainly others, and you know, we've kind of alluded to some of them, and and we're we're huge fans and users of these services ourselves. So there's what we might call like pure affiliate plays, like Lolly. So Lolly is is like a browser extension. You just, you kind of install in your um, browser, and you could go to their little dashboard and find different merchant offers. Um, and they and they are like literally acting as an affiliate. So let's say that Adidas gives all their affiliates five percent kickback for traffic that the affiliates can drive to Adidas. Lolly can turn around and give you know three percent of that or whatever it is uh, to their users in in Bitcoin. And so that that was really where the whole Bitcoin rewards story started is with that type of model. And it's a great model. And, you know, we are big fans of of, of Lolly. Then you started to have things like uh, card products. So for those that are familiar with like the fold card, um, there's other, you know, bro- kind of broader crypto exchanges that have like cashback cards as well, where you, the cashback that you're getting is, you know, maybe Bitcoin or or, or whatever. Um, and that's really nice as well, right? So I could go, you know, put gas in my car and swipe my fold card and get, you know, some Bitcoin back. So all of that is nice, but notice that each of these examples, you have to sort of be already in their environment. Yeah. You have to either download their app, you have to get a get a payment card, right? You know, that's not a trivial ask for a lot of people, especially when we're talking about mainstream. And so we're trying to take what we see as one of the next logical steps to this Bitcoin reward story, which is to bring these reward capabilities to the existing uh, reward environments, whether that's an e-commerce store, as we've talked a lot about in this conversation, whether that's maybe I have, maybe I'm a merchant with like, I already have a mobile app, you know, I already have a mobile app and I want to just plop in Bitcoin rewards as an option for my users, uh, whether it's a traditional loyalty platform like Smile, right? There's no reason why we couldn't integrate with Smile. Why would Smile go and build their own internal Bitcoin expertise? They could just use our API to pop it right in. So those are all the kind of diverse environments where we're building technology to be able to drop Bitcoin rewards in. So that kind of like Bitcoin rewards as a service model that we might call it, you know, is, is a different sort of flavor than what we've seen before. And the, the kind of second uh, differentiator, I would say, is we're very, when we say Bitcoin rewards, and certainly the examples we've talked about 
in this conversation have really revolved around like the Bitcoin back. You know, that's that's the that's the bread and butter. That's the typical one. However, excitingly, you know, with some of the new developments around things like taproot assets, uh, I mean, there's RGB. There's all these different ways now where you can create assets on Bitcoin. And so what does that mean? What does that look like? Yeah. Uh, Im- imagine. So, you know, think of today how you maybe you um, you fly on a certain airline and you get airline miles, right? You accrue airline miles. And sometimes those airlines will have partnerships with maybe a hotel. And so you could take those miles and redeem them for like a hotel stay, maybe, you know, the two night, you know, three night stay for for two night price, something like that. Yeah. So the, you have these like federations, you have these partnerships uh, in the traditional loyalty space. Um, and to the consumer, I mean, it's it's OK, I guess. Behind the scenes, it's a nightmare. Like these systems do not talk well to each other. And so there's a variety of friction points along the way that basically suck value out of the, you know, so the miles that I convert into a hotel stay while it seems like I'm getting a good deal, what's actually happening is it's it's pretty inefficient, and it's because of the technology that's being used behind the scenes to try and try and glue together these closed loyalty silos. And so, for the same reason that you hear someone like Jack Mallers uh, espouse the benefits of something like the Lightning Network as this open network, right? It's not a closed network. It's this open, interoperable network. Now, all of a sudden, you could have, for example, fungible loyalty tokens minted as taproot assets. I know we're getting into some, you know, technical jargon, but this, you know, it is simply to say you can now create new assets on Bitcoin that benefit from the same open network effects as Lightning payments. And so now... I could potentially exchange those miles into uh, a hotel stay in a much more frictionless way. And so you're starting to now get, okay, there's Bitcoin, the asset, which is incredibly valuable for all the reasons we've you know discussed and have been discussing. But there's also Bitcoin, the network, and Bitcoin, the technology that can help solve for pain points and friction points in the traditional loyalty world, I think would be the, the kind of high-level takeaway. So like that's a very exciting new frontier that we are only just beginning to scratch the surface of. Uh, but that is a, you know, a frontier that we at Jolts think we're at the very uh, kind of cutting edge for. So, again, that's a little bit probably down the road, but that just gives you a glimpse as well into, like, some of the other possibilities when we talk about Bitcoin loyalty and Bitcoin rewards. That's cool. Um, does Stephen want to add anything to that? Although no, I just no, I would probably just clarify. Like a lot of people immediately think, you know, you'll you'll depending if you're like a hardcore Bitcoiner or not. But I mean, there's some of the assets, if you will, whatever they come on on Bitcoin. You know, they come with uh, some some feedback from the community. But um, I think you know the way that we position this is like these are digital collectibles um, that are literally derived from actual business value between the customer and the business. Like this is not just some you know nft if you will or some collectible that a brand can go and just mint ten thousand of them and then go uh you know sell them for jolts at least you know the way we interact and engage with uh these merchants and 
and brands alike, you know, these are going to be, again, a way that you earn for your proof of work, if you will, that you've earned, you know, some level or status with this brand and therefore you get the perks that this asset represents or, you know, gives you gives you access to. So I would say, you know, before people roll their eyes or, you know, know, know a little more about what we're talking, you know, talking about when it comes to taproot assets, you know, this this is the approach that we will will take and, you know, hold to. This is, you know, driving business value and these are, you know, assets that are derived um, you know, from something sound, not from just making stuff up. Well, maybe just as a final like example and top up to that, right? I mean, a lot of people are familiar with Starbucks. Um, Starbucks for well over a decade now has really set the standard when it comes to loyalty, like mass appeal loyalty. Um, and interestingly enough, they announced late last year their kind of Odyssey, what they're calling their Odyssey Initiative. And so this is their, you know, this is their Web3 extension to their uh, company rewards program. And the reason that's notable is like Starbucks does not, this is not, I mean, this is not a test. This is not uh, uh, like a, you know, a dip their toes in. This is a full sort of throated extension of their company crown jewel, which is their, their rewards program. And so consumers that opt into this can now, uh, you know, they can do different things. They can play games or take quizzes or visit different stores, wh- whatever the case is, and earn these digital collectibles that unlock new exclusive experiences. Maybe it's a, you know, it's a virtual espresso martini making class or whatever the case is. And so Starbucks, interestingly, has chosen Polygon in the Ethereum world to build all this on. Um, you know, right. And they're espousing, oh, it's because it's, you know, so green and all this stuff. And so we're, we look at that and we say, well, like there should be a kind of Bitcoin competitor in the ring for that use case of loyalty collectibles. You know, think of me being able to, um, I, I used to be a big sneaker head, right. You know, I used to love, uh, you know, collecting cool, you know, Nike shoes and whatever. And, you know, a big problem is like, when you have a new release for some product like that, uh, there's probably going to be way too much demand for the supply of that new product that's being introduced. And so what if I could have some sort of verifiable digital asset that allows me early access to a certain part of their website that grants me exclusive access to be able to get that item, you know, before everyone else, right? Like those are the types of use cases that we see for the kind of digital collectibles and again, we want to do all of that on a Bitcoin technology stack because we now have uh, and are getting the ability to to do that, which is really really exciting. Yeah, and I'd like to I'd like to emphasize that you know a bit more on the you know that Starbucks is huge. Um, like again, like you said, this is a they don't behemoth. miss. Starbucks does not miss. Right? Yeah, and they have chosen Polygon. Like that is again like. You know, you could see why there's some people in the space that say like, hey, like we need to be able to build some of these capabilities you know, um, in on tangential to whatever you want to put it for Bitcoin. And like, you know, I, I somewhat agree. You know, it's like if you have too many kind of not first movers, but just big enough entities starting to go towards one thing, then you'll probably see a lot of them gravitate towards that. And, uh, you know, for us, it's for all the wrong reasons. Um, but given that lightning, um, you know, I think alone can stand up against something like a polygon in terms of obviously like speed and, um, just like the openness of the network and obviously being anchored to Bitcoin is a plus. 
um, you know, that's something that we want to be able to take and be like, why would you build this, you know, anywhere else? That was kind of one of our, our first things. Like, why would you build on, you know, this kind of network or protocol that could one be deemed, you know, a security um, with the whole SEC and uh, their kind of oversight that they're kind of clamping down on recently. But two, you know, why would you want to build it on anything other than the most secure network that there is, which is Bitcoin? Um, so, you know, we want to make that, you know, pretty abundantly clear that, you know, there's there's really only one shot of this. And, you know, Starbucks has already taken theirs and it's on Polygon. Like, maybe you can change that. Maybe you can't. But, um, you know, we want to make sure that the next big mover is you know, doing something on Bitcoin. So it, it, there's no risk for anyone? I mean, uh, joining... Or building? For, um, no, for back to, back to specifically Jolt's uh, rewards... Uh, I mean, if you want to get more merchants um, on board, is there yeah. any risk for them? So that's part of what we try and strip away, right? You know, we we talk first about all the upside they could get, and then we say, oh, and by the way, we can implement this for you in a way in which you don't have to touch Bitcoin, you don't have to interact with it in any way, you don't have to. I mean, you you it's it's as if you're paying. Any other a money provider that you already use, right? And so in that sense, it's very, very low risk. I suppose the one thing that could come in, and you know, I won't go through like the gory math of how this works, but there are some accounting nuances, particularly for like big enterprises, big merchants that, um, for example, you know, like a, a loyalty reward that can later be redeemed is technically a liability to that merchant, right? So let's say that um, let's say that you earn five dollars worth of points, you know, of loyalty points. I don't recognize that as revenue right away because it is something that I owe you to a in a future point in time. And so when you do, let's say a month from now, you redeem those five points of value to get five dollars worth of whatever merchandise. Then that is the point at which I recognize that as revenue and extinguish that liability that I had previously owed you. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of merchants will say, oh, my gosh, you know, Bitcoin, it's this very volatile thing. So, like, I need to be able to very tightly track the size of that liability on my balance sheet. Um, but the good news is, like, if you're doing this in the right way, if you're setting aside the correct number of satoshis for that uh for that reward that we just discussed both sides of the balance sheet are going to move in lockstep so again i don't want to get into like the the the, the nerdy you know kind of math behind the accounting but that certainly is one element of risk i suppose um that it is uh it, it is just it's disruptive it's disruptive to how the merchant typically thinks about accounting for loyalty, given that you're now introducing something that historically has had quite a lot of volatility. Uh, but if you're managing it in the right way, there, there really is no, there's no risk of the merchant suddenly being, you know, uh, uh, blindsided by, oh my gosh, you know, we owe all this value that we haven't already ensured, you know, we have accounted for and that, and that we have prepared for. I'd say the other, maybe the other piece, it's like, to think through, maybe not risk, but just like making sure that the Bitcoin reward offering, you know, is, you know, thought of 
thoroughly. Um, you know, you can't just like introduce something and expect it to, you know, just take off. Um, we kind of saw some of this with, uh, maybe some of the higher end brands, for example, they would do like these NFT launches, which were again, kind of like a riding the wave thing, but you would see, Oh, we did this collection. And like some of them would do very well. Um, I'm trying to think of like a really good one, maybe the liquid death one, liquid death does these kind of NFTs that, you know, are, are really cool and their audience likes it. And then there's maybe like a bad example of someone who doesn't typically miss, which was like formula one. Um, there's some other ones too, but like formula one last year did like NFT collections or the Miami grand prix. It's like inaugural race. Um, and you know, it was like 5,000 like engine sounds or something for an absurd amount of money. Um, and just no one bought them. So I think like you do want to make sure as a brand, if you're introducing Bitcoin rewards to your end customer that you have a reason behind it, like not like, Hey, we're just trying to save margin, you know, kind of all the reasons we said, like while those are great, like you definitely want to make sure you're, you know, approaching and delivering this to your customer in a, a relatable way or, you know, giving them, giving them a reason. So we, we do try to help, you know, craft that message as well a bit. Um, but yeah, I think that's maybe like something that brands should think through if, uh, you know, pretty, pretty deeply if they're going to, going to do this. Um, you got to make sure it's successful. What brands do you want to, what would be like a dream brand? Uh, I can imagine for, for you to get on, on board. Battle uh, Reserve. I, I, I can imagine, um, uh, for, uh, Ian, it would be Nike, most probably. Right. Exactly right. <laughs> You've, you've, you've nailed it. That's number one on my list. Um, yeah, no, I, I think there's, you know, there's huge mega size hotel, uh, air, you know, the hot hospitality world is very, very promising because there's just so much is it's promise. Well, it's promising and not promising. It's promising because there is so much room for disruption there. Um, these are some of the biggest contributors to that hundreds of billion dollar loyalty economy we were talking about earlier. It's a challenge because those are some those they're using some of the most archaic systems behind the scenes that can be difficult to integrate with. But I would say, you know, think of like the Marriott's of the world, maybe in the hotel um, realm, you know, think of uh, I, I spent a couple of years actually in um, living in Dubai. And so I flew uh, Emirates Airlines a lot, which, you know, is very kind of near and dear to me. So, like, you know, think think of like an Emirates Airlines incorporating this into their Skywards uh, Skywards program. Um, and then probably the other third category would be like big retailers, you know, think of, um, I don't know, you know, big kind of electronics retailer or uh, it, it could be anything for that matter. It could be a gro- it could be a grocery, you know, grocery chain retailer. Those are probably the three m- categories for which rewards are just kind of already very much in the in the psyche. And, you know, our value proposition to those types of entities is like, look, just just add it as an option, right? Just add it in as an option. We make that process very, very easy for you. Uh, you let people opt into doing it. You're not forcing it on any of your customers and you see what works and you see what the impact and benefit is and you, you know, you go from there. And it's pretty cool to say that, you know, my, by buying this or this service or whatever, you also get Bitcoin. I mean, it's, it's pretty Who doesn't like that? Yeah. <laughs> It, it, it is true. It is like a pretty good deal. I mean, again, you'd be surprised like what entities are interested in this. Like, even though again, some of them like even within the Bitcoin space, they're like, yeah, like Bitcoin rewards. Like, you know, you wouldn't think it would make sense for this type of entity, but you know, they're they're all thinking and looking looking at it. So, um, yeah, I don't, it's weird. I mean, for me, it's probably like someone that's going to drive mass adoption. Like, I want something that's going to you know really move move the needle or, um, 
maybe, I don't know, maybe even reframing it as like someone like some brand kind of like Ian said that they have a customer base that's just going to get it. Cause you know, there could be a, like I would probably think of like a Nordstrom for example, I think would be great just cause from their loyalty perspective. Um, but you know, like what percentage of Nordstrom customers at this point in time are really going to, you know, get that and grasp it and, you know, opt into it. Um, you know, maybe, maybe not as much, you never know. Um, but yeah, I think like a brand that has skews a little bit younger, as we said earlier, um, so to make sure that that, uh, that opt-in is, you know, pretty, pretty high signal. How long have you been doing this? When, when was uh, Dolce Wars born exactly? I'll say technically we kind of pivoted out of the last idea um, of what we originally thought, kind of what we alluded to earlier was like late last fall, we really started building towards this Bitcoin rewards as a service um, uh, kind of yeah, service um, really towards the end of last year. And our first pilots launched like the last week of December, first kind of weeks of January. Um, and they didn't all start at the same time. So again, we wanted to do like a good three to four months of like getting data so we could compare to what was before. So we're really getting to the end of those kind of first initial pilots, but, I'd say like this year is when we kind of really formally launched. Okay, that's great. And and what about the app? Talk to me about the app. What um because right now you have uh, the website and uh, the the app is not ready yet. Is that correct? Uh, so the merchant side, yeah. The so we have like our own kind of standalone web app, but we again realized like good luck um, getting getting merchants to like you know peel off of Shopify and go to your specific. Okay. You know, web app. Um, so yeah, the app is in the you know submission process. They're looking at it. Um, so it would go not, for um, sorry to interrupt. It's not. It's not for the consumers. It's for the merchants. Yeah, yeah. we're we're more of like a B to B to C, if you will. Like we don't mind standing kind of in the back end. Like you know, we're, again, we have a consumer facing dashboard as of right now. But we to maybe take a step back. Yeah, like. The merchant app is, uh, again, in review process for Shopify, WooCommerce. That's kind of the first, you know, iteration of what, you know, the front end would look like for, for a merchant to engage with us. That's kind of one channel. Then we've got the APIs um, and these kind of um, very basic set of kind of front end components that any enterprise entity that's, again, much bigger is not going to be using Shopify. They're going to have their very own custom website. Um, or, again, they just, like, have a partner. Uh, maybe it's... Uh, what did you say earlier, Ian? Um, one of like these rewards or loyalty things that you could plop in, like, oh, okay, I, I can already configure rewards and like smile, but you know, hey, here's my new Bitcoin rewards capability. I can just you know toggle it on. So we would integrate with those kind of partner channels, if you will, um, and that would be just again more programmatic. They'd have some developer on their side that understands you know the framework and languages we built this in, and they could add it in. Um, and then maybe to your point from like the consumer side. Um, the dashboard's kind of, and it's just there. It's again pretty simple. Like we just want you to be able to see your historical log of all your rewards, withdraw them if you want. That's pretty much it. Um, we don't want to like overload. We're not really trying to track or see anything. Like it, we're not. Like we don't. We don't really care about that. We just want you to get your stats. Um, but we will be working on an actual um, consumer mobile wallet um, to where we're doing things kind of the right. I mean. Definitely the right way in our minds, but doing it in a way where the user, literally end user, doesn't even have to think about it. Um, you know, again, we kind of mentioned that you would get the email and then be able to, like, have the option to withdraw your stats. Um, not to get, like, too technical, but we'll have a way where the second you, you know, are done with that checkout, 
and you can go and claim your um, you know your sats back or whatever. Um, you would just click that button. It would actually take you to an instant app um, or an app clip in iOS or Android, and we would actually go ahead and create you a wallet, back it up, seed phrase and all, and then you would get your sats immediately within just one tap. So you're not like all that onboarding friction of you know it scares a ton of people off of I, I yeah. don't care what 12 or 24 words are. I don't even care to know to be honest. Like I just want my reward. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's again like. 99% of people, that's all they're going to care about. So we're like, all right, how do we just, you know, literally automate and abstract all that complexity away? Um, that'll be coming, but probably more towards the end of the year. Is it's, uh, mobile wallets are a pretty big build. build. They're, not, they're not easy. All right. So um, uh, you seem, you guys seem very, like, passionate about what you do. You, um, you know, um, you're very enthusiastic. You keep uh, doing your research and wanting to, you know, better the, the experience for both the merchants and the consumers. Um, what are the next steps, do you think, for for you guys in order to, you know, take the um, this uh, service to the next level? What is the next level? Where where do you want? Where yeah. do you see those rewards? I mean, I know we've kind of covered it throughout, mm-hmm. but. Um, uh, if you could just tell me very briefly, like, where do you see Joel's rewards um, getting to? Yeah, I think like those three big pieces. So our really our first product mm-hmm. launch being these kind of e-commerce platform integrations, mm-hmm. scaling that is really mm-hmm. kind of the stage we're at there. So we would love to see several hundred, you know, online merchants using this over the next you know year or so. So that's one big pillar. The second is delivering that same technology through our APIs to where these bigger, you know, retailers that maybe already have their own app can just plop those in. So we would love to, over the next year, uh, have a couple of those kind of bigger wins because that really is going to open up a massive, massive, you know, opportunity. And for those listening that may have, um, you know, may be familiar with like MicroStrategy, Right. This is Michael Saylor's, uh, you know, he still serves as the chairman. Uh, Michael Saylor obviously has gone all in on Bitcoin and uh, MicroStrategy in their recent conference announced uh, like lightning rewards. They're taking a little bit of a different spin on it than we are. But it's very nice to see this huge Fortune 500 company with, you know, sort of confirming our thesis about where all this is heading. So that would be the kind of the, the second pillar. And then, as Stephen said, you know, the consumer side app really is just to make all of that as easy as possible for the consumer. So I would say a year from now, we hope to be live in a number of these, you know, much larger retailers with, uh, you know, non non Bitcoin folks getting converted to Bitcoin in a very, very easy fashion. So that, that would be the that would be the goal. Yes, because you you wanna you wanna get the masses off zero. Zero, no. correct. Critical, right? Critical. And people talk exactly. You nailed it. I mean, people people talk about Bitcoin as a life raft, and I think that is unfortunately an increasingly accurate way to view this thing. And you know, any new form of money is going to you know have a distribution problem in the sense of like, how do you get this out to people? And you're just not going to have people go get themselves set up on a centralized exchange or a peer-to-peer platform where they can buy and sell Bitcoin. Like Most are just not going to do it. But what everyone is already doing is they're buying things every day, 
um, from entities. Exactly. So like that's that's the way to get, you know, people's first sats into their hands. And from there, it's it's, you know, hopefully the sky's the limit. Yeah, I'd say, too, from like the merchant's perspective as well, it's something that we don't talk about like too much just because it's not as flashy. But, you know, getting merchants off of zero in terms of like, again, not the Bitcoin, the asset, but actually, you know, the network itself. Um, again, maybe a little different approach to it. But, you know, when we want to onboard a merchant, for example, we want to actually help, you know, grow the lightning network. Um, so when someone signs up for Jolts, you know, we're actually going to spin them up their own little lightning node you know, in the cloud. Um, we partner with Voltage. Um, and some of the other entities in the space, but, you know, you would actually have your own, uh, you know, kind of dedicated lightning node so that you can fund it, you can open channels and transactions. And again, as merchants come on board, they're helping the lightning network grow because, you know, the consumer side, that's, you know, just not going to happen until you can get you know, somehow a lightning node on your phone, maybe in the browser, there's some other flavors of it. But um, yeah, I think that's like, that's critically important to help the network grow as well. Um, and I don't know, my like, 150 yard Hail Mary would always be like, is there a way, you know, one day down the line where you actually start seeing, um, like in consumer products, like integrating lightning nodes into their products? You know, I've always thought, like, you know, when, when's going to be the day where, you know, Verizon or like you creates a router or, you know, Dell, you know, some of these hardware providers and laptops where they just start mass producing and selling nodes as well. Cause right now it's just Bitcoin companies. And you saw some of the other entities kind of get into the space around like ASIC chips and things like that. But, um, you know, I, I, a kind of wishful thinking for me is how can you, you know get these brands to start actually integrating nodes or node capabilities, maybe even like POSs. Um, I know Jack has Square, so that could be pretty cool. You never know; every every POS has a, has a Lightning node in it. Um, so something like that, I think, would be pretty cool too. Um, you know, maybe just a couple of years down the road, never know. Cool. Well, I think we've uh, come to an end, guys, uh, with our lovely conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, at this um, uh, podcast and not just uh, joining us uh, you're our lovely sponsored as well so um, I hope you know we managed to get the word out there and uh, like Ian said the sky is the limit I, I hope uh, all the best for Joel's rewards thank no, you guys pleasure. Thanks, thanks for having us on Eleanor yes we really appreciate it